Thanks for joining us today. We would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So please take a minute and visit NBCOcala.com slash stories to share your story. And if God has used this ministry to touch your life in any way, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. Help us to continue delivering God's Word to the world. You can give online or through our mobile giving app. Welcome our online audience. So glad that you could join us. We believe that God is going to meet you right where you're at, just as if you were here. It's the power of technology and the power of a a big God, right? You can go ahead and be seated. How are y'all doing? Good. Well, it is... It is good to be with you tonight, and if you are joining us for the first time, my name is Lee Gilligan, one of the pastors here. It's always a a privilege and an honor to be able to stand up here and and, and share things that God has put on my heart. And I got to admit, you know, for the two months while Pastor Tim was out recovering, um, I I, I got to flex my muscles. I got to get get into practice, a little trial by fire. And uh, so the last two weeks with him easing back in, nonsense, you don't got to do that. Thank you. But I got to say, with him easing back in the last two weekends, it's given me a couple weeks off. And I never realized I was going to itch this much to get back into the pulpit. <laughs> so thankfully, he, he was selfless and, and, and let me be here tonight. And then I'll actually be teaching part five of The Missing Piece this weekend. And so I'm looking forward to that. But we're excited about what God is doing in our, in our midweek services. And, and this year, the, the banner of, uh, under which all our midweek services fall is this, this theme of worth it, that, that Wednesdays are worth it, and that by you being here, investing just an hour of your week, that God will do something in your life um, that you will see the fruit of that, and you will see it truly is worth it. And so we're, we're excited and just expectant for what he'll do tonight. Um, if, you, if you're here tonight, you probably heard that, uh, that we're, this is a healing service of sorts. And I know for some people that that it causes excitement. And then maybe for some of you that causes a little bit of question or, or what, what exactly does that look like? I realize we have different denominations, um, maybe represented different upbringings, maybe different levels of understanding and teaching that has taken place in your life. And so tonight, my goal is not to necessarily teach you something that you've never heard. My goal is not to preach a, a message at you. I don't have three points in a proverb. Uh, really, my goal is to kind of conversationally talk about some things in regards to healing. And my hope would be that we could lay down some of our previous ideas surrounding healing. Because based on your uh, experience with healing, based on maybe some things you've been taught, maybe those ideas you have, you've accepted as truth. And I would be so bold as to say those have hindered the way you view uh, God's plan for healing. And it, it would even go farther to say that maybe those ideas you hold regarding healing have limited your ability to receive healing. And, and I, I kind of want to just walk through a few things over the next 20 minutes or so and get you to maybe rethink how you look at healing. Um, how many of y'all know sickness exists in this world? If, you, if you're here right now and you're not sick, you know someone who is sick, right? Or you recently were, or I'm not going to be the bearer of bad news, but you're going to get sick at some time. It's just how life is. And if you have kids, then you know it's probably more frequent than when you don't have kids. We, we call my son Gavin the host. <laughs> because ever since he started preschool, he has a very strong immune system. He, he bounces back quickly. Uh, it, it, but the, the thing about kids is when they go to school, they, they share germs. They share those things, and then they so graciously bring them home and, and share them with their family. So Gavin... 
he acts as the, as the host, and he'll bring home a, a cough or a sniffle or a stomach bug, and it, it only takes him out for a few hours, but he's gracious enough to share it with us, and sometimes laying us out for a few days. So that's what we call him, the host. Um, but, but not to make, make, you know, something light of sickness, whether it's a cold or it's cancer, sickness is something that has affected all of us at one time or another. This has not been a, a perfect year for, for my family and, and some of the people in my life. I've walked through things this year with, with people that I never thought I would have, close family who've walked through diagnosis that we didn't see coming, uh, had episodes in their life where it just kind of really wrecked us, if you will. Um, j- j- just sickness is something that, that affects all of us, and, and, and you, you never plan for it. And so that's why I'm grateful that we serve a God who is a healer. Amen. We serve, how many of y'all tonight are, are believing for healing? You have a, a physical need in your body, or you're representing someone you know who has a physical need in their body. Now, by calling this a, a healing service, I'm not implying that you can only be healed, healed by being here tonight for this hour. That, that's not what this is about. Really, I want to provide instruction to hopefully give you understanding and then give us a time of response at the end to pray and to anoint with oil and to, to, to start that healing process. But what I want you to know is that healing is available to the children of God 24-7. Wherever you're at, if you're watching online or if you're throughout your week and you feel sick, it doesn't mean you've got to come here one hour of the week and we lay hands on you and that's the only way you can be healed. Healing is a gift from God. And so I want to walk through just five things tonight that I think are very critical to understanding healing and hopefully get you to kind of rethink those things. Uh, the first thing I want to share with you is that healing is a gift. Healing is a gift. Say that. Healing is a gift. And I can look in scripture and, and I see a lot of times, you, you know, you've seen those Bible characters that you're reading a story or reading a passage and, and something about their personality or their experience you relate to, right? Uh, a lot of times I can relate to David, the, the psalmist. Because David, he was an emotional guy. And I'm not saying I'm an overly emotional guy, but there's times where David, it's obvious he's downtrodden. He's, he's anxious, he's stressed, he's, he's, he's uh, at times even it appears depressed, and I think maybe a lot of us can relate to, to the woes that David expresses in some of his writing. But the amazing thing about David is his ability to harness perspective. And even though his emotions are saying one thing, he commands his soul to not cave to his emotions, but respond to a God who is good and gives many benefits to his children. It's almost like David has the multiple personalities. It's like, well, you were just depressed and now you're praising God. That's what I was just talking about. That's what worship is. You may have came in here tonight depressed. You may have came in here tonight not feeling your best, but worship is an opportunity to say, I command my soul to respond to God because of his goodness, not because of anything in my situation. So healing is a gift. And in Psalms 103, David, I'm sorry, Psalm 103, <laughs> Pastor Jordan was very clear about that last week. Psalm 103, one of David's many Psalms, the plural form, he opens with the command, bless the Lord, O my soul. He he commands his soul, bless the Lord, O my soul. And then he goes on to list many of the good things that God does for his people. He says, who forgets not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, heals all your diseases, redeems your life from the pit, crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. This is the kind of God that, that we serve. He, he has things that he wants to do in our lives. And, and I think many of us here know that salvation is a gift, right? We, we can't earn salvation. We can't buy our way into heaven. Salvation is a gift. God's grace is a gift. Peace is a gift. Joy 
as a gift. But a lot of times we don't look at healing as a gift. We look at it as something that we have to have a, a certain level of faith to receive or, or a certain uh, performance. If, if we're so righteous, then that makes us a candidate for healing. But I want you to know that healing is a gift. And what do you do with a gift? You receive it. You receive it. And so all of us have at, at some point needed healing or, or need healing or will need healing. But a lot of Christians are confused about the topic of healing. As I said a few minutes ago, it could be based on experience in your life. It could be based on your upbringing, different teaching you've been exposed to. But for, for many reasons, a lot of us are confused to the, uh, to the, to the topic. And, and, we, and we, have, we have questions regarding healing. Some of them more simple in nature. Kind of like, does God still heal today the way he did 2,000 years ago? Right? You, you, you might have wondered that. And I would say 100%, yes, he still heals the way he always has. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. He's everywhere present. He is timeless. He doesn't change. And so if he says something, he means it. He's always relevant. If he, if he did something, he wants to do it again. And, and the same power that raised Jesus and the dead is alive and living in us today. And I believe that just as we study in the scriptures and see Jesus going place to place healing people, that same power is available to us today. And yes, God heals just as he always has. There's other questions like, well, if I go to the doctor, if I utilize medicine, does that mean that I don't have enough faith? Right? Have, you ever, have you ever wondered that? Like, okay, I prayed for healing, but I also need to go to the doctor and get some meds for this. And you almost like feel bad, like that's a, you're, you're not exercising your full faith. I believe that's one of the biggest crocs that someone would want, would want you to believe. That's a lie. I, I believe that all healing is from God. And, and the creator of the universe has created brilliant men and women in the fields of science and medicine. And he's given us wisdom to have advancements in those fields that have helped change the way we detect disease, the way we treat it, the way we handle our bodies, the way we heal. And I believe that God created those people to do those things. And so that brings glory to God when he works his healing power through men and women in that way. I don't believe that exercising um, use of a doctor or, or undergoing treatment works against your faith. I believe we should do everything within our power to seek healing. There's some more complex questions, like, why did this person get healed, but this person didn't? Have you wondered that? In my own life, I've had people in my family who, they were, they were dramatically healed, and, and they got a clean bill of health. And then I've had other people that weren't healed, and, and they died. And, and it causes you to wonder, why does this happen? Well, I'm not going to stand here tonight and say that I have the answer to that, because I'm not God. There, there's the things that are revealed to us, and there's the things that are yet to be revealed. I think some things in, regard, uh, in regards to healing we'll never understand until we're gone from this earth. But as Pastor Tim talked about a few weeks ago, we get so caught up being worried over why. Why did that person not get healed? Why did they die? Why this person and not this person? Why? What, what's the point? And, and I would beg the question, even if you had an answer, even if you knew why, does that make the grieving process any easier? Does, does, does that take away any of the motion involved? No. We're getting caught up on the wrong, wrong thing. And I think we should trust a sovereign God who's in control and realize that for a child of God, death is not the end. We don't go from death into darkness. We go from life into more life. And Jesus still wins. And those people that have graduated on, maybe they didn't receive their earthly healing, but they now stand in a place face-to-face -face with their Savior where there is no more hurting, there is no more pain, there is no more sickness. And one day, uh, God willing, it, it, you have a relationship with him, we will all experience that same thing. 
Okay, so I can't answer why some are healed on this earth and some aren't, but I trust the God who created us, and I trust his will for our lives. I trust the healer. You have complex questions like, if God is good, then why is there sickness? Really, this leads right into one of the biggest arguments against the Christian faith. It's what's known as the problem of evil. It says this, that if God is a good God, why does evil exist in this world? Why does evil exist in this world? And so that leads me to kind of the next point I want you to think about. Number two, God does not cause sickness. God does not cause sickness. Maybe your, your theology would say that he does. Maybe your upbringing would, would imply that, that God does that. But I believe, you know, there's different views in regards to suffering. There, there were, there's different extremes. There, there's some camps that would say the reason you're suffering, the reason you're sick is an act of God. God has brought that upon you in order to teach you something. And I don't believe that a loving father would inflict pain upon his children to teach them something. I do believe in a God, though, who in this fallen world will take something that the enemy used for evil and he will use it to draw you closer to him. He will use that to teach you something and and bring glory back upon him. You, you uh, You have other extremes of people who would say the reason you are enduring suffering or hardship or, or, or sickness is because you didn't have enough faith. If you just had enough faith, then you wouldn't be sick, or then you would, you would have the healing that you desire. And I believe that that is wrong as well. Because I've seen people in my life who had greater faith than I would say I had, standing in faith for their healing, surrounded by others who were agreeing in faith for their healing, and it didn't happen. But am I going to say, well, they just didn't have enough faith? Who, who am I to say that? I, I believe what, what, what we have to know is that we live in a fallen world. We live in a fallen world, and it was the fall, going back to the garden when we ate of the fruit, the one thing we weren't supposed to do, that is what introduced evil into this world. Sin took place, and it brought about evil and hate and lies and suffering and and pain and sickness, and, and really the things we experience are consequences of things we did out of our own free will. I remember being a a boy and thinking, what if we could just erase the garden? What if we could just skip over that part? What if Eve never took a bite of that, that piece of fruit? Then, then we wouldn't have to deal with any of the things that we face. Have you ever thought that? Yeah. It's naive, but it's like, hey, well, if we could skip that, then, then we wouldn't be facing this. But here's the deal. If they didn't mess up, someone somewhere along the lines would have screwed it up. You or me, one of us would, would have fell short, and we would have taken a bite of that apple and, 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 and been right back where we would have had the garden never happen. And I think for us, sometimes it help us, helps us to cope by pretending that the problem doesn't exist. But if you don't permit the problem, you don't permit the solution. If you take away the fall, you take away the need for Jesus. You take away the need for grace. You take away the need for healing. And so even though there was a fall, even though the, the consequence was evil and sickness, it doesn't end there. We have an advocate. We have a savior. We have a healer. And that's what our focus should be on. Why would God let them sin? He, he knew they would sin. Why would God create someone that he knew would sin against him? You see, God gave us a free will. He gave us a free will because he wanted to create people who could choose to be in a relationship with him, who could choose to love him. He's not a a puppeteer. He's not a, a forceful, manipulative God who created a bunch of robots who follow him. No, he gave man a free will so that we could choose to respond to his goodness and choose to love him. So don't confuse God's foreknowledge with causation. Don't confuse the fact that just because God knew that would happen, that he somehow caused it. Okay? Free will brought about choice. Our choice was sin, and with that sin came consequence. But God is not an author of evil. He's an author of a story that includes evil because man invited it in. 
But the very nature of God is, is that he's a healer. He's a, a sustainer. He is a restorer. We can go back even to the Old Testament, looking in Exodus. He led his people out of captivity. Captivity. He, de- he delivered them from Egypt, okay? So he's a deliverer. He, he guided them uh, across the Red Sea, through the Red Sea. He, he guides his people. They, they came to the water at Marah, and, and it was bitter, and, and God made it sweet so that he could quench the thirst of his people. He, he declared to them, he said, I am the Lord, your healer. Healing was not just a New Testament thing brought about by Jesus. It is the very nature of God. And, and, and what is that? That is the result of a father who loves his children. Sustenance, restoration, healing. These are results of being in relationship with our father. A good father would never cause sickness upon his children. There was a fall, but there is a healer, and we have a way. The third thing I want you to think about is this, that healing is a process. Healing's a process. Some of you might not like that word process in regards to healing or in regards to anything else. Anything that involves time sometimes makes us anxious. Uh, you know, I don't like things that take longer than, than I think they should. It's the, the Netflix generation, the fast food generation, the direct deposit. I can deposit my check on my phone, on my, you know, my app on my phone. Uh, it's the Amazon Prime generation, overnight shipping, all these things that we have access to instantly and quickly. And so we like things the way we want them, when we want them, and when they don't happen, we pitch a fit, right? And so in regards to healing, a lot of times the way we've seen it depicted is that healing always, for it to take place, is this supernatural, instantaneous thing. And, and can healing happen in an instant? Absolutely. Do we see scriptural evidence for that where people were touched and instantly they were healed? Absolutely. Are there people here tonight where you received your healing in an instant? Absolutely. I felt that in my own life. But is it always that way? It's not always the case. We don't like, we don't like processes. And in my own life recently, there was an issue I had to go to the doctor for. I have an incredible Christian doctor, an amazing man of God. And so it's awesome to have someone who is agreeing with me in faith, but also has the wisdom to help me in the medical field. And, and, and it's just a cool thing. But I, I went to the doctor for something. He put me on meds. And so, of course, I, after that first dose of meds, I wanted to be instantaneously healed, right? So the next day, I still felt horrible. And I'm thinking, come on, I'm getting frustrated. But healing is a process. It's a, it, sometimes it's gradual. Sometimes it's day by day. Sometimes it's not instantaneous. But rather than stress over the length of the process and what's involved in the process, we need to trust the healer who's at work in the process. Because I believe God always answers prayers. Does he answer them always the way we think he should? Does he answer them in the same time frame we think he should? But he always answers them. And we have to trust his will and we have to trust... His process, and just the very word for healing, the Hebrew word Rapha, Jehovah Rapha, God our healer, that word implies a process towards restoration or a process towards healing or wholeness. It's, it's a physical, spiritual, mental, emotional process. I believe it could affect every part of our being naturally and then obviously supernaturally as he works through us in that healing process. Whatever that process looks like for you, maybe it's in an instant. Maybe it's over time. Maybe it involves medicine. Maybe it involves a supernatural touch of God. Whatever it looks like, trust that God, the healer, is at work in the process in your life. Fourth thing I want you to think about is that your healing is already won. Your healing is already won. It has already been 
purchased. The heavy lifting is done. And when Jesus carried our sins to the cross, he carried also our diseases. A lot of times we think of the cross just in terms as he took the weight of the world, uh, the, the sins that he knew that, that we were going to commit, and, and that's what he died for. Yes, obviously that's a huge part of it, but when he nailed our sins to that cross, he also nailed our diseases. We don't have to be righteous to receive healing. He, he took care of all that. It's, it's hand in hand. Our healing has been purchased. Isaiah 53, 5 says, He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. He forgave us and he healed us. 1 Peter 2.24 says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. And by his wounds, you have been healed. Healed. Now, growing up in my life, I never really struggled with grasping the fact that God forgave my sins. Before I was ever created, thousands of years ago on a cross, he knew everything I would ever do and he forgave me then. That's something I've always just been so amazed by and just accepted like, wow, what an incredible God. But I'll be transparent and admit that I haven't always approached my healing that way. I often uh, approach it kind of thinking like, God, I need you to do this. Or, or, or there, you know, are you up for the task, Lord? <laughs> kind of like, like the work has yet to be done. We, we picture Jesus kind of running around behind the scenes while we're praying as if he's looking through his resources and his ability to see if he can muster up what we need to heal us. But when he forgave us, he healed us. Amen. The work is done. And what you have to realize is he's not scurrying behind the scenes. He's seated on the throne at the right hand of the Father. The heavy lifting is done. And so I think that should change our perspective in the way we pray. Not praying, God, can you, can you do this for me? But thank you, God, that you already did this. Thank you that that Rafa process has already started. And we thank him for our healing from a place of completion while we await the fulfillment of that healing. Amen? And the incredible thing is this, that we have a high priest who's not detached from us. Uh, We have a high priest who's not struggling to understand what we're going through, but in every way, he understands where you're at. In every way, he's felt what you feel. Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet was without sin. I used to read that just on the sin aspect. Okay, he knows temptation. He came and died for our sins, so he knows sin. But no, he can sympathize with our weaknesses. He knows pain at a greater level than we will ever imagine. He knows what it, what it means to suffer loss. And so he fully relates with you in your pain and in your sickness. What better high priest could we have? What better advocate could we have to take those things for us and to truly be our healer? The fifth thing I want you to think about is this. That faith is not always perfect. Faith is not perfect. Meaning that God does not expect you to have this perfect, constant level of faith. We are imperfect people in a fallen world who have natural thoughts. We have fears. We have doubts. We have days where our faith is like, we feel like we can conquer the world. And then we have days where we struggle to get out of bed. He knows the things that we're dealing with. And I don't believe that he expects us to have this perfect level of faith in order to obtain our healing. I think a lot of times we're like, this father in, in the story in, in Mark chapter 9, his son is demon-possessed and he brings his son to Jesus because this demon that has overtaken his son is trying to kill his son. So the father brings him in verse 22 and he says, It has often cast him into the fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, If you can. Almost like, what do you mean if I can? 
He says, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I do believe, help my unbelief. This is key. Verse 25, he says, when Jesus saw that the crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, you mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. Now I want to show you three things that I think a lot of times makes us very similar to this father in regards to our faith. He comes to Jesus and he says, if you can do anything, help us. This is not him coming sarcastically and saying, well, if you can even do anything, well, then go ahead and try. It's not like that. He, he respectfully is petitioning Jesus saying, God, if you can, I come to you for help. But yet there's a level of confidence that's shaken within him. He doesn't, he doesn't exercise full confidence. That's not that he has a lack of confidence in Jesus, but a lot of times we look at healing and we look at Jesus through the lens of our own ability or through, through our own resources and our own strength. And so a lot of times that lack of confidence can bleed over into our level of faith. And so he's fully respectful, but yet his confidence is wavering. Jesus responds and says, all things are possible for one who believes. Jesus redirects the conversation from his ability. He says, this isn't about my ability. This is not if I can. Really, this is a, a, a matter of your level of faith. And the, the, the man says, I believe, help my unbelief. How many of you all have felt that way? Where it's almost like your brain is divided down the middle. Well, your brain is divided down the middle, but you know what I mean? Like you've got <laughs> the faith side, and then you've got the side that's like fear and worry and questions and doubt, and how is this going to happen? So it's like, God, I do believe, but I also have this level of unbelief. And the Father's acknowledging, he's saying, I have sufficient enough faith. I know I'm to bring him to Jesus, but yet there's still doubts I'm unable to expel from my own life. And Jesus says, I can work with that. He says, all things are possible to him who believes. He's not saying who has perfect faith, unwavering faith. I think just like elsewhere, it says the faith of a mustard seed. Give him something to work with. Even though you have fears, even though you have doubts, if you know enough to bring those things and say, God, I can't do anything else. I don't know what to do, but I acknowledge you enough to know that you can do the heavy lifting. You've done the work. I think that's enough for Jesus to work with. Having faith doesn't mean we won't have doubts. Having faith means that we trust him when we have those doubts. Having faith doesn't mean that you won't have sickness. Having faith means that you put your trust in him even when those things happen. Even when those things happen. Give God something to work with. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala. 